Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Turn over to Psalm 84. Here's the interesting thing. We're going to read about a group of people. They're called the Sons of Korah, okay? They wrote this psalm, Psalm 84, all right? And it's interesting because it kind of, uh, you know, if you ever think you have an excuse for anything, all right, the the Sons of Korah, they're writing these psalms, and they kind of help us understand, you know, there's a lot you can overcome. Some of you may remember um, early on, when the Israelites were brought out of Egypt, okay, um, there was a group of people that rebelled against Moses and Aaron, okay, that was the tribe, the family of Korah, all right, and here's what God did, God said, y'all come on out, bring bring the family out here, all right, and you're going to stand in front of me, and you know what ended up happening, the earth opened up and swallowed this family up. Okay, and we do read later that all of the descendants of Korah were not taken at the time, but that specific group right there. Now, think about that if you saw that happening. Okay, you knew, see, Korah, it was called his rebellion, right? Is they were rebelling against God and his people, and God was like, fine, let's go. Okay, think about that. Think about if, if you came from a lineage like that. You were like, man, could you ever show your face again, <laughs> right? It's like you were the sons of Korah. You were, the, you were the folks that your family's known for rebelling against God. Your family's known for, oh, yeah, you're the family that got swallowed by the earth. But here's the interesting thing. Um, God, as God kind of apportioned off roles, okay, um, the, the sons of Korah were given a specific role, um, in the tabernacle area, in, later on in the temple, they were given the role of a doorkeeper, like an usher, right? That's what they would do. They would, they would hold the door. I mean, could you imagine that, right? Um, in a world where we read everything into, um, like, what's most important, like, who's the most important person, and does somebody think they're more important than me or smarter than me? And God says, well, y'all are going to hold the door for me. You're going to sit there and you're going to hold the door open while the people come in, all right? And we're going to see these guys write a psalm um, that is stunning. It's one of my absolute favorites here in Psalm 84. But I want to, I want to give you a little bit of insight before we go into this. They're going to talk about, you know, God's dwelling place. They're going to talk about the courts of the Lord. They're going to talk about, you know, uh, being at the house of God, okay? And the... It, from their perspective, they're talking about these periods of time when the Israelites, they had to go. They had to make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem because that's where God was, right? I mean, he was in this most holy place. And it wasn't like uh, some kind of statue where you're like, there's God, okay? No, no, no. The presence of God was there, all right? And now, now you got to think about that because you're like, oh, what's the big deal? The, the presence of God, right? Except what's the big deal was when the Israelites were introduced to the presence of God, all right, this mountain was like quaking and shaking, and I don't know if we've ever been in an earthquake or anything. I mean, I've been in a sort of a 
good-sized earthquake before. It's scary, all right? But if you knew God is making that happen, like this mountain is moving because of it, right? But even more than that, Moses went up on this mountain to talk to God, okay? And here's the interesting thing is, is in Exodus chapter 34, you know what he comes down? And his skin was shining brightly because he had come into the presence of God, okay? I mean, think about that. There's no, he didn't put makeup on. He didn't do any of those things. It's like his interaction with God changed his appearance, and not only that, but what if every single day, and by the way, Lucas, great job, man, on that communion. That was awesome. But let's say, let's say you were on, a, on, this tri- on this trip with the Israelites as they were leaving Egypt, and God said, here, my presence is going to go with y'all, and you're going to see it every single day. And every single day, it's going to be this cloud that's going to go ahead of you. And every single night, it's going to be this pillar of fire that's in front of you, okay? Would, could you imagine that? The power of that, uh, the power of a, of just this pillar of fire in front of you at night, leading you on, and then a pillar of cloud by day. There, there would be, and should be, quite honestly, a side of things where we go, I don't, whoever's making that happen, I don't want to mess with them, okay? Like, that dude is powerful. That, I mean, it, this is in, absolutely incredible here, okay? And so, this was the presence of God. You know, unfortunately, that's, that's, to us, might seem like that happened back then. It doesn't happen anymore today. I mean, no one's really in awe like that anymore. I mean, there's no more pillars of fire and pillars of cloud. And, and, and unfortunately, we kind of get into this routine of, man, well, it's just kind of boring. We're just kind of waiting for Jesus to come back. And, 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 you know, they had it. It was pretty cool back then, but we're not, like, quaking anymore. Instead, we actually try to teach one another, don't be scared of God. All right? But here's the interesting thing, okay? I mean, think about the different things we could try to convince one another of not to be scared of that's ridiculous, okay? So, for instance, like, you ever been, like, when they're slicing meat at the deli? You ever seen that thing that slices the meat, okay? Like, I don't even know. I don't think there's serrations on that blade. I think that blade is so sharp. And I think all the time, I'm like, at any moment in time, that finger is going to get just shaved right off, okay? Could you imagine if you went to work at Publix in the deli, and they spent the whole time trying to convince you, don't be scared of that. Listen, no, no, no. no, We don't believe in being scared of that. No, it's cool. You can go ahead and do it. Can you imagine? You'd be like, your fingers would look like this, okay? Like, I'm not scared of that thing until you lobbed a finger off, all right? You use a chainsaw. Could you imagine? Don't be scared of the chainsaw. Go ahead and climb the ladder. With the chainsaw, it's okay. You can reach way out there. You're going, that would be ridiculous. But you know what? Unfortunately, I think that's what we do today. We're like, oh, we don't want to be scared of God. I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be scared of God either, but I don't think there's another response, right? I mean, I think this is how powerful he really is. I can't take away that power. So here in Psalm 84, here's the words of these guys, okay? Now think about this. He starts it out. He says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts. I long and I yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young. Near your altars, Lord of hosts, my King and my God, how happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, 
They make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. Consider our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed ones. It's better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be at the door of the house of my God than to live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He doesn't withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of hosts. All right, that is awesome. All right, that's the guy reading this, okay? Here's what I'll say about that, though. I think it's very easy to read that and go, wow, he's pretty, um, you know, like poetic and emotional. And man, he's really passionate. And we think that's all really neat that he describes it with this kind of passion. Again, as I read this, as I look at this in my own life, I don't think there's an option to this. I think this is the only response to God. Okay, now, now l- let that sink in because... Right? right now, what you have to do is you have to examine, is my response like this? <laughs> okay? Because it's good to agree with. It's great to agree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that should be the response. I mean, I mean for other people. But, but God loves us more, right? Like, he doesn't expect us to love him that much. Like, we're his, like, we're the teacher's pet, right? Isn't that true? In that, I mean, because we kind of can give ourselves a pass. I don't need to be like this. I don't need to be like this. I mean, this is like so overboard. I mean, this guy is so emotional. Like, what, how can you think? And you know what's funny is, is when you come in contact with the living God, there isn't any other, there's no other response but this right here. There really isn't. And so what makes it difficult about this little psalm right here? is it puts a mirror right in front of us to go, okay, it's the sons of Korah going, okay, I don't want to hear about your lineage. I don't want to hear about how bad you had it. I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. I'm going to put this mirror up and take a look into it. And if there is something different, all right, it's not okay. Okay, and, and, and we've got to get to that place because I, here's my fear. My fear is, is that it's like just as human beings do, right? We, we continue over time to slowly justify our, our just apathy. You do it, so do I. Like, we all do that, okay? And, and to think that we're not is insane, okay? Is we try to find reasons to justify it and looking at this and going, wow, man. So here's what's cool about this psalm. There's like this sandwich he makes of these 12 verses. There's the first four verses. There's the last four verses, okay? And they're kind of the same, right? He says, your dwelling place is lovely. In fact, he says, I long and I yearn for it, okay? When was the last time you used those words, okay? I'm not laughing at you. I know. Brent used them all the time, okay? No, but when was the last time you were like, you... you you, that's what you would share with people. I can't wait to get there. I, all I'm thinking about, he's going, man, even the birds love being there. The birds love going there. I mean, I've, and he's saying, I've been there. I've looked up at the temple. There's birds and they're making their nests and they love it too. Even nature realizes how great it is to be close to God, right? And then at the end, he says, here's the deal. It's better a thousand days. It's one day. 
next to God. It's better than a thousand days anywhere else, okay? I want you to think about that. A thousand days is a long time, okay? What if you, like your favorite place on earth, your, your destination of choice, your, the most beautiful place you could think of, say you could have a thousand days right there for free. And he says, man, one day with God is better than a thousand of those days, okay? So that's like, if you like the mountains, if you like the beach, if you like paradise, if you like Disneyland, if you like whatever you like, this is hard for us to understand. We're going, hold on a minute, a thousand days? But couldn't those thousand days, I have some really great quiet times though? Come on. <laughs> that's not what he's talking about. Right? He's, saying, he's saying this is his heart pouring out, okay? This isn't a guy that has to know everything about God. This isn't a theologian. All right, this isn't a guy that went and got his master's of divinity. This isn't a guy who's, who, who's just, he's smarter than everyone else. He's just going, this is just my heart. Like, I know God. I've seen God. This, I can't hold this in anymore. Right? I mean, this is a pretty amazing thing. And he kind of sandwiches it, right, uh, of these things. And so the question is this, really. Um, wow. Uh, with that mirror, what, what are you thinking? I mean, I want you to kind of go and take your life in that and go on. Not just would I say this. I think we all would agree, all right? But remember, discipleship isn't agreement. That's really important to understand because I think we let ourselves off and go, oh, sure, yes, I do believe that. I agree. Instead of going, man, I fall really short of this. Like, I look at this guy and I'm going, I don't know, man. My heart's kind of hard. In fact, compared to him, I'm trying to think of what it would be like to hang out with this guy. Okay? (laughs) Do you talk about anything else, man? Like, you just keep telling me about how you can't wait to get to this temple and God's presence. And, and you know, he's going, well, yeah, but if you know God, you would too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would say that. He's like, well, haven't you seen him before? Well, no, 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 bro. I go to church. <laughs> he's like, you don't get it. You don't get it. I'm not talking about going sitting down somewhere. I'm talking about being in the presence of God. All right. Now, here's the cool thing. You're going, yeah, yeah, that's neat. This was written a while back, right? I mean, it was written 3,000 years ago or something, okay? But here's the cool thing about it is it's better today. It's better today. Here's why. It's because back then, God was like, yeah, my dwelling place is going to be in Jerusalem, in the most holy place. That's where my dwelling place is going to be. And then Jesus came and said, here's the deal. My dwelling place is going to be in people. I'm actually going to live there. Like my Holy Spirit is going to show. So this guy's talking about, man, the temple's awesome. It'd be great. We get to go up three times a year. That's awesome. I think he would explode if he lived in New Testament times. Going, No, you can have it 24 hours a day. <laughs> you can have it all the time. You, get, you don't have to just wait and think about the birds and how cool it is and the presence of God and all these things. It's like, this is reality. And I love that. I love that. I love that God, God has given us such an amazing history. And you know what? We're the recipients of something better. Yeah. We have it better. We have it better than these guys, right? I mean, these guys were like, they were, they were following God and their promise was ahead still, okay? And in fact, in Hebrews 11, it says some of them died and they didn't even see what they were really going for. But here's, here's the deal right here, okay, is... Um, if this sounds foreign, uh, maybe you even, if you talk to somebody around you, say, do I sound like this? Like, is this, 
you know, I, I get that you have to at work talk about work things. I get that, okay? I get that in chemistry class or whatever it is, you can't just go, no, I long and yearn for the course of the Lord. I get it, okay? I get it. But here's the deal is, is there's what you're known for, too. There's what you're known for. And it's that idea of what people go, that's what, man, that's what he or she, that's what you, that's what Keith, that's what you're known for. Because, boy, that's it. And here's the deal is, I think what can happen sometimes is there's a flip-flop there. Is where for us as disciples, um, it can be, we think, okay, I'm this, then I'm a disciple. I'm somebody who's a disciple, too, instead of being disciples first. Like, see, this guy was a follower of God first. All right, you're going, well, dude, what you do all day? Just sit around, like, writing poems and, like, you know, think, we don't really know, okay? You're like, man, what did you do all day? You couldn't have held the door all day. I mean, you weren't there. You couldn't, obviously, you weren't even at the temple. I mean, you're just sitting around making poetry? No, he did something, but we don't know. You know why? Because he was a disciple first, okay? And so I want you to think about that, okay? Because this idea of are you known in your circle, in your world, in your community as a disciple first. What does that mean? I'm a disciple who happens to be a student at Clemson. See a difference? I'm not a student at Clemson, and I'm trying to be a part of a campus ministry. It's like, no, I'm a disciple first. Okay? See, because what this guy is dealing with is, here's what we wrestle with. When we're not disciple first, you know what we start doing? We go into a semester, or we start the year out, and we're going, hey, I don't want it to be, show me the church calendar. Show me how much we're going to be meeting because I don't want, I don't, listen, too much is going to mess up my, my life. He's saying, I can't get enough. See, see, the difference is we start with too much. They start with, this ain't enough, okay? And there's a big difference there because here, I want you to call your attention to something. Three times in 12 verses, he said, happy are those who are like this, all right? You say, man, what's the secret of happiness? He's telling us. He's telling us, and I don't mean just happy, like, happy, I'm getting Christmas gifts in a month and a half or something like that. I'm talking about this deep sense of fulfillment, satisfaction, contentment, right, this regardless of circumstances, right? This is what we want. This is what every human being wants, is that idea of, man, the pressure's off. The pressure's off, right? I mean, it's like, whoa, this is incredible, but we've got to be disciples first, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm gonna, I want you to really examine this, all right? Because if it's, no, I'm this profession, um, but I attend this church, I'm a member of this church or something like that, then it's going to be very boring, discouraging. You're going to have to fake it is what I'm saying, okay? Yeah. You're going to have to fake it. You're going to have to fake righteousness, and you're going to have to fake, and you're going to have to make it. You're going to have to lie a lot. Because people are going to ask you questions, you're going to have to lie about it, okay? You're going to lie more than you feel comfortable, and you're going to get to a point where you lie so much, you don't even consider your lies anymore, okay? Because people will want to talk to you about your life, and you have to lie about it, because your heart's just not there, right? Can you imagine that place to be? You can't sit in enough church services to overcome that. There ain't enough out there. But here's the deal is you get to a place where it's month after month, year after year, where it's I'm walking into church and I'm going, okay, here, I just got the lie deflect because I'm just like, whatever you tell me, I got to lie. Because I'm not a disciple first. I'm somebody who's attending. I'm somebody I might have been at some point, but I'm not anymore. Okay. And so that's fascinating because here's what he's saying. Boy, this just is so challenging because I'm like, I want to sound like this guy all the time. 
Okay? Understand what I'm saying? Because you may be going, oh, yeah, so you think you can just like flip the switch and be perfect and it's always going to be like that. Here's the deal is, is a lot of you are married. Some of you want to be married. Okay? Here's, here's the deal. Could you imagine having this conversation with your spouse? Where are you going? Oh, come on, man. I mean, okay, so I don't love you that much, but I mean, it's cool. We're married, you know. It's all, I mean, golly, I don't want to be like legalistic about this thing. And, you know, I mean, do I have to show you that I love you? Do I have to like pray? You know, can you imagine the marriage that you had, would have that conversation? In fact, you're going, no, you want to know what? I want to grow as a husband. I want, to, I want to get deeper as a husband. I want to be more vulnerable as a husband. I've got a long ways to go as a husband, but that doesn't mean that I'm going, oh, but I can't be like this now because this isn't advanced what he's sharing. He's just saying, I love it. I love God. I love where he is. I love his dwelling place. I lo-. And you know what's amazing? When we're in that place, you know there are so many conversations we won't have. You know what some of them are? Some of the conversations we won't have is we won't have conversations like, um, you know, um, so do I have to do that or not? We don't have those anymore. <laughs> those go away. All right. Not because it's like, oh, now all of a sudden you just fall in line. That's not what I'm talking about. There, there is such a deep sense of love. It's like your decision making process changes. Wow. Right? The way you see the world changes. All right? It's just this eight-verse sandwich, okay? But here's the deal. Right here, right in the middle, there's these four verses, and I love it because we're getting a Thanksgiving, okay? And when you think of a pilgrim, all right, we've really messed that up too, right? Isn't that amazing how, what we do to history, okay? There are kids that are being raised to think that the pilgrims look like Publix salt and pepper shakers, Okay, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know those? Like every year, you're like, I love those Publix commercials. Oh, every pilgrim must have been white and fat. (laughs) Say what? Seriously, Google the image of a pilgrim. They're all like short, white, fat people. (laughs) What the heck is going on? Jesus is white. The pilgrims are all white. I'm going, oh, man, 75% of the world ain't white. How come everything we look at is white? Right? Isn't that crazy? But anyway, so you look at it and you go, man, we have messed up pilgrims because there is a long lineage of pilgrims and pilgrimage in the Bible that are real. Okay? I mean, you just talk about Jesus and his pilgrimage, which is just a journey to the cross. Okay? His Israelites coming out of Egypt on a pilgrimage. Okay? Our lives. This pilgrimage. Right? And here's what he says. He writes this, he says in verse 5, Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Wow. All right, he's going, no, no, no. They're not just on a pilgrimage. They're not just like, oh, do, dude, do we have to go there? I don't know. That's not the time I want to go. It's not like there's all this bickering about it. It's like, no, no, no. Happy are those whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And what he's talking about here is, is like, man, when you go and it's a time and it's a festival and we're going to the temple, it's like we know we're going there for God. God is there. Our hearts are set on it. You can't stop us from going. Okay. He said, how happy are those whose heart is set on. I love this for Thanksgiving, right? Because we talk about pilgrims. Right. I mean, I'm just listen, there's I have word association issues. Okay. But I'm like, I love this. But he says this. How happy are those yeah. whose heart is set on? That's right. Yet, 
study after study after study, Christian-based and secular-based studies tell us that we're the most unhappy the world's ever been. <laughs> isn't, isn't that crazy? We're going, wow, we have so much more. We've been given so much more. Life's so much easier. I don't think anyone got up this morning and you had to milk a cow to get your cereal. You, you didn't have to like, you know, like Lucas is saying, which is incredible. It's really easy for us to go, but they had it easy back then, right? I mean, all they had to do was walk around and, you know, they didn't have electricity and that made it easier and they didn't have phones. That made, okay, but they had to get their own meals butchered. They had to do it. They didn't go to Publix. Can you imagine how much time? I know some of you in here, you prepare every meal. That takes a long time to do when you do that every single day for a whole family. You got to kill the animal. You got to get the milk somehow. You got to raise the animal. You got to feed the animal. You got to make sure the animal doesn't get sick. You got to do all. You think that doesn't take a little bit of time in your schedule? <laughs> okay? So, us looking back and going, now nah, they had it. It's so much easier back then because they didn't have iPhones. No, they were surviving. Right? It's like, man, if I don't go out and do this, we're not eating. Okay? They were busy people still, right? But he says their hearts, blessed are those, happy are those. As they pass through the valley of Baca, now here's the interesting thing, is that valley, okay, let me try to figure out where that is. I mean, you can look and they kind of get an idea, but it's the valley of tears, right? Have you ever walked through the valley of tears before? The valley of grief, the valley of suffering, right? You ever walk through that? He said, it's going to be part of the pilgrimage. He goes, and here's, here's the thing is, is as they pass through the valley of grief or tears, they make it a source of spring water. So here was traditionally what people believe it to be, this valley of tears, was this kind of drought-ridden, like you went through, it's hot, there's no water, it's scary, it's desolate. You know, you're kind of like, this is a dangerous place to be. He says, but here's, a, here's this pilgrimage that's awesome. When your heart is set on pilgrimage, you ever go through a hard time and it just becomes about me and you? That's the natural thing, right? I mean, that, that's not getting on anybody. That's just the natural thing. We go through a hard time or we want something we're not getting. And the natural thing is to get inward focused. He says, here's, even through this valley, he said, they make it a blessing. You want to know what some people thought they would do? That they would go through and they knew that other people would be coming through. And you know what they would do is dig holes. So when it rained, it would collect water. So when the people came through it, the next time it became a blessing for them. Wow. Isn't that incredible? They're going, yeah, we're not just like the pilgrimage. It's like what Lucas said. It's not that we're so set on the destination that we're just like pushing our way through everybody. But it's this idea of we're set on pilgrimage. And you know what comes with that pilgrimage is that we help other people. And so they're like, yeah, this is horrible. Man, I'm tired. It's hot. and There's no rain. It's dry. Hey, dig some holes for the people that are coming after us. Isn't that awesome? He says, that's what's great about this. Their hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through, they make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rains will cover it with blessings. So again, the mirror goes up, right? Because he says, blessed are those whose heart is set on this pilgrimage. Okay. Um, and again, you know what's really cool? It's, it's really neat, I think, that the way God does it is, is that um, we, we have to look into our hearts and be accountable, right? There, isn't, there is no one in here that has the ability to do that, to go, no, I know what you were thinking. I know what your motive was. I know exactly all that. No, 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 no. All right? 
it's clearly in the accountability of our own to ask ourselves, what is my heart set on? He, he's going on and on and saying, God is lovely and awesome in his dwelling place. And I just want to be near, I want to be near that God that's like the pillar of fire and he can shake mountains and he can do all those things. That's who I want to be with. I want to be near him. I'm going to him. When I'm walking on the path, I'm going to make it better for people behind me. I can't wait to do it. But his heart is set on it. Okay. Again, here's where we diverge a little bit because, you know, to, in today's world, we look at, we look at church and in our life as separate things and that that's okay and he's saying no actually like when jesus said you know if you would come after me you would deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me no he's not saying that you have two chapters in your life that you're living concurrently he's going no you have one right and it's really easy because no my heart is set on heaven because everyone in the world wants to go to heaven right i mean is who doesn't but again, the agreement is different than the conviction whose heart are set. You know what we get our hearts set on? Here's the deal. When you're in college, you get your heart set on graduation. After you graduate, you get your heart set on a job. After that, you get your heart set on a marriage. Then you get your heart set on a retirement. Then you get your heart set on the, and a house and a car. And you get your heart set on all these things. And all through it, you know what the church chants? Why aren't you hearing my prayers? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? God, why aren't you falling in line with me? My heart's set on all these things. If you would just listen, I could follow you. When God might know full well, your heart's not set on me at all. You pitch a fit when you don't get what you want. And you don't ask me what I want. Right? And he's doing this thing. We've got to ask ourselves, what's our heart set on? What is my heart set on? Right. And a lot of times we know it by how we react. Because the minute you start shaking the thing that our hearts really set on. You get angry. You get upset. Somehow we get shaken and we all know what that feels like where, oh, man, because we, we want to fight or we want to run. Right. Um, here's the thing. Turn over to Luke chapter 12. Um, so Luke chapter 12, this is, this is a complete paradigm shift here. Uh, this, is, this is what repentance looks like. Um, Luke chapter 12. Verse 13. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator over you? He then told him, watch out and be on guard against all greed because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. And he thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I'll do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. That guy could be an American, by the way. I mean, you look at me going, wow, he's like one of us. Okay? But God said to him, you fool. Man, I don't know. You're going to let God talk to you that way? You love that God? I don't know. I'm going, really? No, listen, no one calls me a fool. No, no, no. He says, this very night your life will be demanded of you. 
You know what happens? You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with going, man, I'm excited for this. It might happen. I'm looking forward to something. That's great. All of those things are awesome. Here's what the deal is. When our hearts are set on something, you want to know what? Then today is going to be used to that means, and tomorrow is going to be used, and the next day. And so you might be thinking, like, here, we live in this, like, it, I mean, Clemson is this, is this in and out kind of place where you're moving in and moving out, and there's jobs and there's not jobs and all that kind of stuff. And at some point, you'll be in a situation going, man, okay, I'm going to be going out there in a few months, and then, boy, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, so I'm going to take it easy right now. I can't tell you how often that happens. And all you talk about for three months is how you're going to be somewhere and go somewhere and do something. And all the time is God going, why don't you do something where you are? Well, I only got three months. That's 90 days. <laughs> I mean, he did things in hours, minutes, weeks, right? But here's the deal. Is going, no, no, no. I'm just looking at that and everything. I've got to pour everything into this thing. And God's going, no, but I want you to be a disciple like today, like right now. Like, yeah, deny yourself now, serve now, make disciples now, where you are right now. And that may happen. You may go to, to a place where you're going, no, my barn's got to get bigger, okay? But it's this idea of we just, it's so easy because when we forget about this Psalm 84 as not an ideal one day, but as, as what the righteous response to God is. Then it's like, well, well, who cares? I mean, God is really just about letting me go and do what I want to do. And as long as there's a church in that city, that's all that matters, right? That's in 3 Corinthians. <laughs> we do that, though. We think God rubber stamps everything because here's, here's the question people ask me. Key, is there a church in that place? <laughs> that's all that matters? Oh, there's a church in that place. That must mean God wants me there. You know, I, me and Lucas were having a conversation. We were looking at some things. Do you, do you, keep, do you understand there's, there are two times in the book of Acts when somebody was in jail, and one time the door opened up, and what do we always say? Doors open. Go through it. Except God said, God, God told uh, Paul, don't go through it. Okay? Have you ever considered that? You know? It's, no, no, no. I know that door's open. You do not go through that. That door's open for the Philippian jailer. Okay. What, what do we do all the time? Right? We go, oh man, door's open. I must have to walk through it. No, Peter got to walk through the open door. Paul didn't. Okay? But what does it come to? God, Keith, you just made everything more, more, more difficult. You made it harder on me. Okay, no, 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 no. No, I didn't. Because here's the deal is, is you go back to the son of Korah, who should be all of our best friends, and go, dude, teach me. Okay? Because you're getting caught up in things. Did the son, like, but don't you long for God? Don't you want to just be near him more than anything? Don't you, I mean, that's what the sons of Korah would talk to us about. Like, dude, you're asking about that stuff. I mean, did you think about this? Is, is it, would it ignite your heart? Would it ignite your mission? Would it ignite, is that what this would do for you? We go, no, dude, I just want to know if there's a church there. <laughs> that's, all, that's what I want to know. It's like God never sent anyone to a place there wasn't a church. Seriously, I mean, it's like, it's like, nah, God would never do that. Really? Maybe if we were more like the sons of Korah, we would go, no, 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 no. You want to know what? He wants me and five other people to go over here. Okay? Without being told. So here's the deal. 
there's a whole lot to this. It's going to cost something. <laughs> it's going to cost something. You can't just, it's not one of those things, you know, if you're on a budget right now, have you ever had that where you're like, your budget is pretty much like how it needs to be, right? And then something comes along. Okay, I'll give you an example. Like this week, I was doing this. Disney Plus. <laughs> okay? I'm going Disney only $6.99 a month for some Disney. And I'm telling you, what is more Jesus than Disney? Okay? I'm talking about, you know, come on, people. It's, it's, that's what it's about. Well, $6.99... Okay, here's the deal is, the Clemson Foothills Church, I can't call Brent and go, can you up my salary $6.99 so I can get this? No, 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 no. I got an amount. Something's got to give if we're going to get that. It's going to come from somewhere, right? Same with this, okay? God isn't going to add an hour onto our day, all right? We've got 24 hours, and you got to sleep for a third of those most of the time, okay? And so here's the deal. Um, because it's going to take time. It's not like snapping a finger. We're talking about cultivating this heart of this son of Korah, cultivating it, and it's going to cost time. It's going to cost time. We're going to have to go into our daily calendar and our daily planner and our daily schedule and go, okay, something's got to go in here because I have to be knowing more about God, being around people that know more about God, obeying the mission of God, because all I want is him. And something's got to go, and it's probably going to be painful. Because it, it, here's what it shouldn't be if you're a student, your class. Okay, it should not be that. You're like, Mom and Dad, no, 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 Keith, he preached about this, so I haven't gone to class for 16 weeks. No, 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 don't do that, okay? Right, right, exactly. I stopped going. I know you paid $12,000, but... I'm a disciple first, okay? That's not going to fly, okay? But here's the deal is, is, is the busiest human beings I know, um, you want to know what? There's, there's something. Some of you guys are busy. Everyone's busy. Some of you that have graduated have realized, wow, you don't get less busy after graduation, right? And, and it's going to cost us that to cultivate it because it's going to be in the form of relationship, of being in the word of God, of being setting large amounts of time aside to pray that isn't just in the morning or just like right before I go to bed, but it's like set that aside with this heart right here, okay? Is this Psalm 84, and this is what we're going to close out with here, is, is this idea of God, cultivate this heart in me. How lovely is your dwelling place? I long, I yearn for it. I'd rather be there than anywhere. Just one day, 24 hours. You can put me anywhere for a thousand. No, 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 no. I want this heart. I want it to be so it's so, like this is all people know about me, okay? That every decision I make on this pilgrimage, I'm thinking about who's coming behind me and I'm working towards what's, what's ahead. All right, you're talking about somebody who's just infatuated with God. All right? I don't think there's any other way to do Christianity. I really don't, okay? And so that's the call right there is, wow, take a look in the mirror and read through it, study it, pray. I think being vulnerable and looking, here's what I know about me. And I think this is true with most people, but I'm not going to make this this huge sweeping thing. I think most people would know what's most important to us. And I think most people know what's important to me and my wife and my family by how we use our time and our money. 
I think if you came and audited my, my checking account, you would go, I think I know what's important. Right? That doesn't mean that, oh, man, 90% of your checks don't go to, like, Save the Whale Foundation and all of that kind of stuff, you know? No, but it's this idea of you got to buy food, right? You gotta, but even how I use my money in the rent I pay and the house I live in and the neighborhood I live in and all those kind of things is the idea of I think you'll get a good idea of me and my family when you look at our calendar, our daily planner, and our money. I think that's a good place for all of us to start. Not because it's going to magically transform us into this guy right here, but I think it takes away some of the barriers, right? <laughs> that those barriers are get in the way and go, man, I got to pull that away. And then God, please make me into.